The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. And today's show is a controversial one. We're joined today by Dr. Judy Mikovits. After being wrongfully jailed amid legal drama, dishonest, and ill-informed criticism, Dr. Mikovits has faced scientific prejudices. Her book, Plague, which is coming out in February, is bringing to light this controversial minefield which she has been maneuvering. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mikovits. Uh, hi, Rebecca. Um, I should say Plague, the book, came out in... Uh, um, November of 2014, but it sold okay. out, and so it's reprinted and is now available and will ship February 5th. Oh, that's great. So um, we're, um, what I want to talk about to start with is, I guess your journey in the, all of this started with the controversy. You've been under court order for a few years not to talk about this. Can you just tell us briefly what happened? Uh, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't really a court order not to talk about this. It was a false arrest and a imprisonment, uh, and then those criminal charges uh, were dropped without prejudice. And what that means is they can arrest you at any time if they find new evidence of it, which in fact there was never a shred of evidence of wrongdoing. So I was arrested, um, you know, for theoretically stealing intellectual property from. Uh, the federal government and my employees, which of course did not happen, and um, we're in the middle of several uh, uh, lawsuits to, and, and uh, whistleblower lawsuits, as well as civil rights violations lawsuits right now to to um, uh, get restitution not only for me but for the taxpayers, uh, uh, because in fact um, the the money wasn't used appropriately, and it wasn't me who. Uh, um, misused the taxpayers' funds, but I was charged with the theft, which never occurred. So, at the time, what was it that you were working on? What is actually what was happening? You know, at that point, um, uh, I was working on uh, a, a new family of retroviruses, uh, the called uh, xenotropic murine leukemia virus-related virus. And so what that is, is a, is a, it was, it is a retrovirus that looks like a murine retrovirus. They're endogenous viruses. Um, and at the time, our data, and it's 
it's uh, the data grows uh, more every day. That the, our data shows, and and uh, the data of others, that in fact uh, these viruses may have been uh, spread into the human population from biological products, laboratories, and those include vaccines. Um, so, I mean, vaccines, of course, is always a controversial topic and people get angry on either side of it. And um, what exactly are you saying is happening to vaccines or with them? Well, well at the time in 2011, when all of this happened to me, um, there and, and, and there was um, evidence that data that 6% of the U.S. population was, in fact, um, exposed, infected uh, with these retroviruses and um, the most likely way that they got into the human population was from uh, the vaccines that were manufactured in laboratories worldwide that had been contaminated by these viruses which actually come out of our laboratory mice. And our work just revealed this inconvenient truth that in fact Um, these things could be contaminated and and a lot of data suggested, in fact, um, with injuries seen by um, um, people taking them, that in in fact um, uh, they they were contaminating the vaccines. Um, In the past three years, uh, and and even the blood supply, which is, is, of course, uh, the problem we faced in the early 80s with HIV AIDS, uh, where the blood supply became contaminated and innocent people became infected and, um, and, and injured. So when um, we're talking about retroviruses, I mean, HIV is a retrovirus. Is this just as dangerous as that? Um, I, I don't. I don't think just as dangerous. It's very different as far as these these families of retroviruses are all different as far as disease course. Um, we think it's uh, we uh, the I mean with HIV in fact um, uh, you can have HIV and not get AIDS and certainly not not die um, from the disease anymore with appropriate treatment um, as quickly as one learns you're infected um, and and. Uh, um, so in that case, um, we've made a lot of progress in the past three decades. Um, but um, uh, this retrovirus is is a simple retrovirus. It's different from HIV, and it and only um, maybe five percent of the people that are infected will ever get any kind of disease. Um, but of course, the most vulnerable are the very old and the very young who have weakened or not fully developed immune systems. So they're more likely to realize damage and and serious health complications if they're infected with these retroviruses. So uh, we'll we'll get to that um, in a minute. But um, when you were arrested, what exactly was the response to what you were finding? What What were other people saying? Well, you know, I, it, it, uh, when I was arrested, um, essentially nobody knew what was going on. Um, and, and it's taken a number of years, and I think that's the good news of Plague the Book because it tells the entire story. Um, uh, the book Plague, written by Kent Heckenlively and myself, um, um, tells the whole story and walks you through the arrest. 
um, the false arrest at my home without warning, without warrants, without anything, the, the search and seizure in, of my home illegally, again, no warrants, um, held in jail for five days at a, at a it's $100,000 bail without seeing a lawyer, without anything, um, while uh, people around the world were writing into the sheriff and various people saying, you know, what's going on, you know, with Dr. Judy. So, um, you know, as far as our research, it it was, uh, um, you know, it was just, and, and since then I've been, um, I've never been able to have a single hearing or clear my name. Um, so, and, and the government has, um, 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 not, um, has, um, illegally taken away all of my grants or my ability to, to participate in research. So based on those actions in this false arrest, I've been virtually unemployable for five years now, almost five years. Okay, which is really hard, especially when there's something that, you know, did you feel like this was a breakthrough and then it got stifled somehow? Yeah, absolutely. It is in and remains a breakthrough in understanding um, any number of chronic diseases and the diseases can manifest themselves in so many ways. It it was such a huge breakthrough um, for um, just understanding things that, um, you know, previously didn't, um, that made no sense. So um, were you the first person to find this retrovirus, or is there a bit of a history with this as well? Oh, there's absolutely a history with these retroviruses. I'm not at all um, the first person to uh, think of it, and uh, it's it's really unfortunate that it's not rocket science um, in the in the 70s. Um, in fact, we knew in our laboratories that these um, that these uh, um, evidence of these viruses, sequences, proteins, and things were appearing in cancer patients, uh, of course, in in AIDS patients and others um, with chronic diseases, and they were always written off as being some kind of contaminant that had nothing to do with humans, just an, a little problem of um, lab contamination. So the key of what happened in the summer of 2001 was we realized that, in fact, um, uh, 2011, sorry, was, in fact, that we realized these things were, um, that, that they were real infections and, and um any number of people have published over the past four decades um, of their presence in association with diseases. I, I think the most recent, um, just a month or two ago, with a bovine leukemia virus-related virus, that's a virus related to um, the retrovirus HTLV-1, which also causes cancer and, and neuroimmune diseases or is associated with the neuroimmune diseases and positive for the cancer. So we, we are finding animal viruses or animal-related viruses in human populations um, more and more and, and definitely associated with human diseases um, and the chronic diseases that are the most debilitating. So nothing new but the, um, uh, the, the response 
of keeping it from the public and, um, you know, silently cleaning up the blood supply or, or not so silently because the government and those related, those involved in these studies are actually um, uh, making a lot of money um, knowing full well the blood supply was contaminated, as I reported, in March of 2011. And... Um, and it was silenced for three years, and now they're going backwards. The FDA approved a method to clean up the a company's method to clean up the blood supply. They ever so quietly in uh, December 1st, 2014, and we don't hear about any of that. All we hear about is, uh, um, you know, the CDC denying there's any problem and the CDC participating in covering up data, which, which show, in fact, people are being coming um, infected and injured. Okay, so um, where exactly are you taking this now? We're going to talk more about what the, how this is damaging people, but I know, you know, you've written this book and you're just trying to bring more awareness to this. I guess you can't work to do anything to bring more research to it. Yeah, I, I, I can't work to do any more research to it, but, but I feel now that I have to bring awareness to um, to the cover-up to try to prevent any more damage. Just last week, uh, uh, a doctor uh, named uh, Dr. Lee, L-E-E, um, sent an open letter to the, to the World Health Organization about the cover-up and the injury surrounding the um, uh, HP. TV, um, papillomavirus, Gardasil vaccine and vaccinations um, in, in, in teenagers, and it's doing great harm. So um, what I'm doing now is trying to expose the risks that have been um, kept from us for, for decades um, and, and try to prevent anyone else from getting hurt. That's my mission. So it, it's, um, I mean, when, when we're talking about vaccinations, of course, in, in this, the, this storm that we're having about them, talking against them is always seems to be the wrong accepted thing to do. And what do you tell people when you're talking about this and they just get, I mean, people get really angry if you um, approach this at all. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know, and that's the unfortunate thing because, in fact, um, you know, as a scientist and a, and a drug developer for, for more than 30 years, um, I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm, I'm pro-safe, effective vaccination. What we're doing now um, comes nowhere close to that because the goal of a vaccination is, in fact, to develop immunity to a pathogen which can cause great harm to the, to the individual and the population. Um, but, in fact, what we're doing with the current schedule, which doesn't take into consideration at all any of the research we've done in the last since, since I'd say 1990, all we've learned about the immune system, the, the lymphatics, the, the discoveries that we make every day, um, hardworking scientists um, that would say, oh, wait a minute, perhaps you don't give an infant vaccines without a developed uh, microbiome, without a developed liver detox pathway, without a developed immune system, because in fact, 
they won't develop immunity at all, and they'll be shedding the very pathogen um, and spreading through the the country um, or through the uh, the uh, those who come in contact. And and this is of course what happened at at the Disneyland. It was in fact the the vaccinated that that caused this hundred and thirty two person so outbreak, if you will, that was made um, into this media. Um, blitz is such a dangerous thing. Well, you know, measles is not a deadly disease in developed countries like ours in Los Angeles. All, many of us, I'm 57 years old, um, simply had a measles party. We were sick for a week or so, got a nice relief from school and, and went on with solid immunities where we are immune for as much as 50 years as science knows so far. So uh, I realized uh, the explosiveness of this whole situation is one of the things against which I fight because um, this is simply wrong. The science doesn't support 69 shots of 16 different antigens before a child six years old or whatever ridiculous number it is, that's not developing a healthy immune system. That's developing um, an immune system which can't respond to anything because it has no idea. It hasn't developed normally. It simply can't respond. It's, it's a term we call energic. It's been set in so many different directions. It's like your cell phone. You know, and then and we can, we haven't even begun to talk about the components of those um, of those shots. Things like formaldehyde, mercury, aluminum, um, the uh, toxins which are known neurotoxins and are in the federal OSHA that's health standard safety that. I don't even um, become exposed with it. I'm protected with as a lab scientist who works with these things day in and day out. I'm getting protection from OSHA while a, a two-month-old baby is being injected with these known toxins. Okay, so we are going to take a quick break. We're going to be back with Dr. Judy Mikovits, and we're talking about um, her book, Plague, as well as um, controversy and her own experience in the XMVR retrovirus. And we'll be back shortly. If you have any questions, feel free to call in. We are recording live, or you can send an email at anantacalgary at gmail.com or follow us on Facebook or Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Ouch! What do you think of when you think of dental procedures? Well, when you think about it, the teeth and the rest of the body are strongly connected. What happens in one part affects the other. In the Tooth Body Connection with host Dr. Don Ewing, we'll explain more about these concepts as well as discuss the role that your teeth play in your overall health. You'll learn about amalgams and how removing them the wrong way can be toxic to your body. Tune in Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. 
The largest syndicated alternative health talk program has come to the Voice America Network. The Dr. Bob Martin Show is the program that will answer your health questions and help you to heal your own body of many different ailments. Each week, you'll hear the answers that Dr. Bob gives to his callers that help them to be their own doctor most of the time. We'll also discuss developments on the health care front and what you need to do to keep your body in top form. The Dr. Bob Martin Show airs Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk, and I'm here today with Dr. Judy Mikovits. We're talking about the XMVR retrovirus and the damage that it can cause. So, Dr. Judy, um, you know, we talked about where this came from. It can come from basically contamination, vaccines, and blood supply. But what does it do? And I know you said 6% of the population has this damage. And how does that manifest itself? Well, um, that's some of the difficult issues, uh, Rebecca, because it can manifest itself in many uh, different ways. Um, a person with a healthy, well-developed immune system might only um, not even recognize um, some mild flu-like symptoms and uh, and for a few days feel feel bad, but that's your immune system working, um, and and then you clear it and uh, or 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 put it into silence and, and go on with your life and, and all you've been is exposed to the virus, you develop immune response, that's the idea of, of um, um, that's what your immune system's job is. But if um, if you don't have an, a healthy immune system, if you're an infant or an older person or immune compromised, a, a cancer survivor, um, um, AIDS patients, um, uh, even even um, hormonal teenagers, and in fact you're exposed, then your immune system, um, for uh, lack of a better term, will go into overdrive, and it can't do its job to silence or clear the pathogens. Um, so in fact, it just spins out of control, and and you can develop, you can have a such profound immune dysfunction that you can develop everything from, you know, asthma, eczema, psoriasis, inflammatory bowel diseases, um, all kinds of um, chronic uh, active opportunistic infections and, and, and simply become sickly with, with um, um, and for, for long periods of time. Um, so these things don't initially manifest themselves. That means you can be infected and only have a high fever for a few days and, and, and things like that or be exposed. Um, um, but then afterwards develop symptoms years later um, um, of the gastrointestinal disturbances of and in inflammation of your brain of, of all kinds of autoimmune diseases and and even things like cancer so it's um it, it's quite a difficult um 
situation to um, to treat because it because it can hide and stay silent for so long. So the in the easiest thing for my world to do is to prevent it. Um, simply know who's um, at risk um, and and prevent that and prevent them from being exposed and um, and keep your immune systems healthy. So there's certainly um, a lot we can do to um, prevent ever becoming exposed, infected, or sick should we have become exposed or infected. So who is at risk the most? Um, uh, infants. Um, anyone. Um, so a, a, a two-month-old, um, a, uh, a, a newborn, a six-month-old, an 18-month-old, uh, a child's immune system isn't developed until three years old. So um, I, I know for parents and, and, and people out in the audience, why would you, um, you know, inject or expose an infant to anything, and that's what you protect your children from. You don't expose them to solid food until they can eat it. You you protect them with with mother's milk, um, for which gives you the mother's immunity um, at birth and beyond. Uh, you make sure they're not exposed to antibiotics so that they don't um, so they don't. Um, destroy their developing um, microflora, that's the good bacteria in their guts, so they, they in fact develop healthy in all of their body symptoms, and, and, and that's, um, they're the most vulnerable. And they're the, they're the ones that we're exposing. Just if, if XMRV, let's just say XMRV didn't exist and they weren't ever exposed to it in those vaccinations, those vaccinations are still damaging them because they have an immune system that can't possibly respond. And the same is true um, on a lesser level for um, anyone over 65. Um, I'll just say that the package inserts of most flu shots say not tested in anyone over 65. So why are we telling 65-year-olds, those who are most vulnerable, because their aging immune system is less effective at um, at um, developing immune responses, just like an infant's early immune system. So those are our most vulnerable populations, and those are the ones we're putting at risk. I, I like how you're explaining to, you know, to that it's the three-year-old that would be okay if the XMVR virus wasn't there with the vaccine. Um, you know, my mom would always say that, um, you know, polio, you know, I've met people that have had polio and I wouldn't have wanted that. And she said, polio, you know, you don't see that anymore because of the vaccination. So they do have their place. And I think that they're um, something that, that, we're going to need to work towards getting this sorted out so that we can have that protection. But like you said, doing it properly and cleaning oh, it up. You're absolutely right? correct. I mean, without the smallpox vaccine, which we've been using since the 1800s, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and beyond, we wouldn't have won World War One and things like that. Of course, um, that's that's the issue because when you tell most scientists my age what, um, are are in what are contained in these vaccines? What what we're vaccinating people against? Um, 
um, my even my colleagues are astounded because, of course, that when you're my age, you had your children before the laws were changed, before, in fact, there could be no liability against um, um, a, a, drug, a pharmaceutical company or a doctor for administering a vaccine which injured someone. And, and that's the big problem because none of my colleagues actually know, and I didn't know until this happened to me. My work was never about vaccines. It wasn't until I looked in my family studies and found, in fact, that these um, this XMRV, like these XMRVs, I'll say, because it's many strains of virus of this family of virus, were, were in fact... Um, there was evidence of infection in whole families. And you could start looking at diseases like uh, neuroimmune diseases like chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, multiple sclerosis, cancer in the kids, autism, chronic infection, asthma, um, all kinds of gastrointestinal problems, um, inability to sleep, inability to poop, inability to do anything. We call it pandas, which is an inability to manage um, a, an immune response to a strep infection, a simple strep infection. Um, and, and this is what I mean when I say publicly that, that these are acquired immune deficiencies because left on, their, uh, on, their, on our own to educate immune systems according to the, to the, the viruses, pathogens, microbes, which, are, which we're in danger of. No, all, essentially no newborn other than uh, a, a newborn born to an infect, HBV infected IV drug user um, or, or other people is at risk of hepatitis B. No newborns, no newborn, and yet we give that vaccine um, and, and are mandated in some, in some places to give that vaccine to a 24-hour-old infant. That's insanity. When I told it to my colleagues at Frank Rossetti, he's like, oh, you're ridiculous. And I said, look at it. And his child, which was born in 1986, they went right upstairs and got the records. And he wasn't injected. Uh, he, he wasn't injected, I call it. It's not vaccinated because the definition of a vaccine is to develop immune response. But we're injecting our children with things and we're being forced to or bullied to by doctors who have no liability. And then when you do get injured and you go back there, they kick you out of the office. And then, we, I mean, it's it's horrific some of what I get from, from people talking to me because, in fact, I'll listen. Um, what I've experienced in the last three years, and again, none of this was my research. So um, I, I know there's a lot of, when we're talking about these damages to children, there's going to be a lot of people thinking right now, what about autism? Because that always comes up with vaccinations. Now, is there a link there? Absolutely. Um, beyond a shadow of a doubt, and there's been a solid link since 2003 at least, and, and that's the now infamous study by uh, William Thompson and his colleagues at the CDC who, in fact, um, recognized the link, and unfortunately, the, the the risk was five times uh, more in um, black 
boys given MMR before they're three years old, uh, and um, and those data were covered up by taking the appropriate people out of the study so, and, and using fancy statistics to make the association go away, and then instructing those scientists to destroy the raw data, destroy the uh, evidence, and, um, and forget the whole thing, um, you know, now more than a decade ago. And, and this is what they tried to get me to do, um, was to publish papers knowing that the data were fraudulent, in, and which I have never done and will never do. And, and, and that's in, in uh, you know, that's the, the long and the short of why I was arrested, jailed, and my ability um, to work forever removed from me because I refused used to do that. Uh, that uh, no scientist, I mean, and um, um, as you can hear, I have um, I- I extremely um, passionate views about that. We, we sign, um, you know, we, we, we dedicate our lives to honest research, and that's what my book is dedicated to, those honest researchers every day. We didn't take the money. We didn't take the payoff from Big Pharma. We didn't take the threat of our jobs or our economic livelihood. Nothing could make me, yes, my job was threatened. Yes, I was fired. Yes, I was ruined. Did I ever, did I ever uh, agree to, to fraudulent data? No, I wouldn't, and, and, and that's why we wrote the book. Neither would Frank Rossetti, neither would 90% of my colleagues. Some of my colleagues said, I have to feed my family, Judy. I have to make a living. And this is horrific that anybody would be put into that situation. And, and that's the cover-up we need to expose. Yes, there's a link to autism. Yes, there's more than one link to autism. And I don't really care what you call it because it's chronic neuroimmune disease from inflammation of the brain, destruction of the gut microbiome, the liver, and the immune system. So the autism is an unfortunate um, a bad term for this a disease that that in fact spans uh, many biological systems. So when we're looking at the the damage with autism, of course, not every child becomes autistic after the um, the vaccinations. So is there something just a little bit different with those children that, yes, that you know that, a genetic yeah. or something? Absolutely. They want you to think it's all genetic, but it's actually our environment. Um, it, it's actually our bad food. It's actually the um, aluminum toxicity that's now worldwide. It's, it's bad water. It's, there, is, there are certainly um, genetic susceptibilities in DNA repair, in um, antiviral um, enzyme um, pathways, which, which was part of the discovery and the hypothesis of why the African-American children would be more susceptible. But we didn't, we didn't investigate the very real opportunities that there are and identify who's genetically susceptible. That's not what we did. The CDC, the FDA, the NIH, all of HHS, and all of the press said, we're simply going to cover this up. 
Um, so yes, there are genetic susceptibilities, the GMO foods, the genetically modified organisms and food. That's what's making our, our animals sick and we're, we're in fact ingesting sick food. The glyphosate that is in the GMO Roundup, um, which is so, so toxic to, to humans. Um, and, and yet, um, we're all exposed to it every day. Um, so those things are crippling our immune systems so that they, we can't mount an appropriate immune response. So, yes, the healthiest and the strongest and the ones who can eat organically and the best foods and supplement themselves and, and maybe avoid some of the um, injections that the poor um, and, and disadvantaged or, or those living in, in poverty worldwide um, can't avail of themselves to. So it's very much, um, um, you know, a, a, a problem of um, economics and um, and and the the same kinds of um, prejudices and and things that we've fought throughout humanity. Well, this you know, it's it's common, and I think it's human nature for some weird reason that we do this sort of thing. There's a lot of history in us. Um, not wanting to accept these things, I think it just means too much change or admitting we're wrong on on some level. But in the end, when people are getting hurt just because of some sort of money involved, that's where, um, you know, I don't like that. Um, we are, um, you did mention GMOs. We're going to do a show on GMOs next week if anybody wants to know more about that and how they can incorporate that into their health as well. So um, you can listen next week. We are going to take a short break. We're talking today with Judy Mikovits about the XMVR retrovirus and how that can affect you. Um, if you have any questions about today's show, we are recording live. You can call in. We're also, um, you can send us email at anantacalgary at gmail.com or message us on Facebook or Twitter and we'd love to hear your comments. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. We are bombarded daily with information about beauty products and anti-aging treatments. Do you know how they have been tested? Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. We'll bring you the top-rated skincare products and treatments tested by Real Transformation Skin Care Centers. We'll motivate you to make the best changes. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. 
To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. I'm here today with Dr. Judy Mikovits, and we're talking about the XMVR retrovirus and how that can affect you. Now, Dr. Mikovits, um, I know that there, well, I'm just wondering if there's a relationship with Lyme disease and that sort of um, immune uh, you know, with Lyme, you have an immune system that doesn't work properly. This is part of my health journey, and I treat a you know, that's part of that's my practice is Lyme disease. So I know there are a lot of people wondering if there is a connection with that journey of those of us that have had a really difficult time with Lyme. Uh, uh, yes, in fact, and, and you'll find in, in our book that we talk about um, Lyme disease and our investigations because, in fact, when we were working in this area, um, the, the, the diagnosis of chronic fatigue syndrome and chronic Lyme disease are, are with the um, neurological, the inflammatory um, um, symptoms and clinical symptoms are, are almost indistinguishable. And, um, and, and that's that we, we worked with Dr. Joe Burriscano, um, um, who's an expert in Lyme disease, and, and Dr. Paul Cheney, um, who's an expert in chronic fatigue syndrome, and, and they discuss how these symptoms are overlapping. And so if both agents, um, one, the, the Lyme Borrelia, the, um, uh, and, and the XMRV, the underlying retrovirus, are crippling different parts or even the same parts of your immune system, um, it's a situation where you can't respond no matter what. So you won't respond to a course of antibiotics to clear the um, the Borrelia, um, and, and in fact, um, it, that the reason is because you need parts of your immune system that may be the retrovirus or another pathogen, it doesn't have to be just the retrovirus, is crippling. But what our work found um, and we suggested is that 6% that is a carrier of the virus and otherwise healthy until they're exposed and infected with the uh, Borrelia and develop symptoms of the chronic Lyme, Um, maybe they miss the bullseye and they don't get antibiotics quickly enough such that they've established a, um, a persistent infection, um, um, then you've got a real problem because you've got two agents which are crippling your immune system and it's that 6% that is chronically ill. Um, in, in, in supporting that hypothesis, there are natural product therapies and other therapies that we're recognizing that will actually both treat the, um, the immune responses that are defective as well as um, treat both the, the, the retroviruses as well as the Borrelia. So um, when we look at 
therapeutics and therapeutic strategies. Um, it won't be any single thing, but if we use combination strategies to target the retrovirus um, uh, or the retrovirus immune deficiency, uh, the retrovirus-associated immune deficiency, then we can start realizing real benefit and lasting benefit in being able to eradicate the, 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 the chronic um, Borrelia infection. So, I, I mean, this is, chronic Lyme is these layers of things. I mean, some people, especially if they've had it, you know, I had it for 14 years before I was finally diagnosed. So there's a layers of things as well as my own genetics that played into it. So how does somebody go about recognizing that they have the XMVR retrovirus so that they can treat that? Well, you really can't. It, 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 is, um, it is as difficult, and I know you know from um, uh, being sick for 14 years before it was even recognized, because these pathogens hide from the immune system, are, go through cycles of, of quiescence and, and are asleep and then are awakened, and um, uh, you, you, there's really almost, you can tell a past infection, but, but you know the test for Lyme or such that the CD will say, they'll come up negative or they'll come up positive. What we're doing now, there's some new tests to um, to look at immune responses. So if your immune responses are um, to the pathogen are there, um, then you can assume the pathogen is there. Um, you can't test it all for XMRV because, in fact, as we were developing that test, when, when I was fired and validating those tests, the government shut down the research and the use of those testing. So um, uh, I, uh, as, as we know, I can't get back into the lab to finish that work. Um, I, I hope to be able to, um, uh, I met with some folks this weekend where the, um, we, we, they have laboratories and we can use our reagents in those laboratories and begin again to develop tests for the retroviruses and um, the broad spectrum over adult um, retroviruses, but that that said, that's going to be a long time. So, um, so what you do is you look for the footprints of the infection. You look at your natural killer cells. You look at your innate immune responses. You look at the balance of the of the various proteins. And and as you said, yes, there are genetic markers. If you don't have functioning RNA cell, if you don't have functioning um, uh, SOD and catalase, the the enzymes in your liver, if you happen to have one of those MTHFR um, polymorphisms where you can't appropriately methylate, so your B vitamin folate methylation cycle is uh, is abnormal. Then, then we can begin to normalize those with various natural products and, and therapies um, and consider the bigger picture. So there's a lot we can do to look at the disease and treat the disease, um, understanding more of the underlying um, environmental genetic and um, um, and, and pathogen issues. So a problem in the field is when they call it Lyme disease because then nobody looks anywhere else. 
It's like looking under the light bulb for your keys, and they're just outside uh, the, the the shadow of, of that the light bulb is showing. But if you don't look there, if you don't look at the entire system, and you don't look at the entire family, then you can't um, begin to treat the whole person. That's why functional medicine and integrative approaches um, for whole families, because different members at different parts of the journey expose the different environmental toxins, huh? including toxins in the water. In my own experience um, with California, Northern California, and um, and uh, um, Nevada, the heavy metals, the arsenic, the, the the heavy metals are very much causing the dysregulated, the the waking up of these um, pathogens such that they can't be kept silent and then they do more damage. Uh, the organophosphates in farming communities, the, the glyphosate, which is part of all the GMO, the, the Roundup. So, um, yes, it, it's a big problem, but it's it's a winnable problem and um, easily winnable. And, and, and there are great doctors out there, I'm sure, like yourself, who are um, are showing people the, the, the entire approach and, and that's what that what I'm doing now as a consultant in in Mar Consulting Inc. That's Mike Vitz and Rossetti Consulting. And and what we do is just talk with doctors about difficult cases, work with doctors, work with patients and, and try to help um, everyone um, modify as much of their lives so that they can live as high a quality of their life as they can. Um, which is basically what anybody with this wants is to be able to get their life back so that they can, you know, live it again after they've been, um, whatever it is that's going on. And probably layer that sounds like the XMVR retrovirus plays it in with many other things. And then we just, like you said, our environment is toxic and then we're just toxic overall. And a lot of things need to change. And those of us in the Lyme journey probably are not surprised about these cover-ups that you're experiencing because we experience the same thing. And uh, it, it doesn't surprise me at all that there's other issues going on with governments where this isn't being recognized or that's not being recognized. Well, that's exactly right, but the good news is that um, because they're working so hard to shut down XMRV, they've allowed people to start admitting there's a problem with chronic Lyme disease, so that's the good thing, (laughs) Um, at least. There we go. <laughs> and, and since I said that the, the patients or populations are overlapping, we can win it one way or the other. And I'm delighted that, that in fact, uh, um, people with chronic Lyme are getting more exposure and, and doctors are starting to develop um, um, treatments and research protocols in major institutions like Johns Hopkins, like Yale with Dr. Sappy who's been working decades on this and, and, and others, Joe Berscano, I mentioned. So there's a lot of people working really hard um, and it, I'm just delighted that um, that hopefully some of this um, stigma um, will go away so that we can, in fact, just help people. Um, well, that, that's the bottom line is when we get tied up into, I, I don't know what it is, the ego or um, whatever's going on that made them, you know, arrest you and deny this and deny the Lyme and people are getting hurt. And so... You know, the main goal for me is that people are able to find um, their way to wellness and hopefully not as much of a struggle on, you know, getting care. So um, how do people get proper care if they think they have the XMVR retrovirus? 
Well, well, again, I'm going to steer it clear of the XMRV retrovirus and just say if you have symptoms of chronic infection, if you have um, um, debilitating chronic fatigue syndrome, if you have gastrointestinal difficulties, if you have um, chronic active infections and in, uh, anything from Epstein-Barr virus uh, where, where you shingles as, as a young person where you simply cannot get well, um, you don't sleep well, you don't eat well, um, you know, consider, consider going to a functional or integrative medicine specialist um, and uh, like yourself and, um, and, and looking at total wellness um, program because it, it won't be, um, it, it, it won't be, I mean, I'd look at an immunologist, there are immunologists out there uh, who, can, who can help and, and start to, um, that the causes really aren't as important because, in fact, we, we really don't know the, the causes of, of cancer, and, and yet we have many effective treatments for that and and now we're actually turning back to the immune system that's we as a as as a, as a group of cancer doctors and we're starting to recognize the importance of a healthy immune system in all of it so simply looking at upon all of these disease chronic diseases um, as acquired immune deficiencies and thinking about the overlap in your immune system and your detox pathways and being able to you know clear the the toxic world um, is is where we want to go and, and and I should just say that it's not lost on anybody it's really not ego as much as it is billions if not trillions of dollars I mentioned that HBV vaccine and it is the biggest money maker of the big pharma of all time in the trillions of dollars and I can't even imagine the trillions of dollars of damage that it would cost them should it be recognized worldwide the damage that's being done um, to fix the problem so it's all about the money Rebecca as it always is Which is unfortunate because if we don't have our health, uh, money won't mean anything. Um, it, I guess the biggest question as we're ending here, uh, a lot of people are listening, whether they were on one side or the other of vaccinating their children or themselves. Um, should they vaccinate and what should they do to protect themselves? Um, well, um, my strong feeling supported by all the uh, scientific data that is out there is that no child should be vaccinated before they're three years old. That said, if most children are vaccinated and shedding these viruses, then parents need to make sure they're homeschooled in daycare and not exposed to things because then they're just as much at risk as as we know from things like Disneyland. Um, and uh, so um, no child should be vaccinated with anything before they're uh, three months old unless they're in, uh, they've directly been exposed in a third world country, you know, um, and, and, and then it's really not going to help them. But uh, that, that's my, that, that's my opinion. Um, and, and it's supported by a ton of data, including the risk, but certainly judicious vaccination if parents believe there are a few 
few things that their children should get um, than then wait, in fact, till they're two or three years old. Um, um, make sure they have a healthy gut. Make sure they don't have um, a, a cold or, uh, or eczema or any kind of, of rash, um, anything that looks like an um, a, an allergy or an immune response of any kind, um, and and then make sure should they have any kind of reaction, and I mean they're just crying more than they usually do, or they stop pooping, or they stop sleeping, or they or um, or they develop a rash uh, uh, immediately. Um, um, seek medical help that would include. Um, uh, saline infusions, not Tylenol, which is extremely difficult on the liver. Um, and um, and I would do vitamin C and and other things, but I'm not a practicing okay. physician. But I do hope to get. I, I do hope and I do plan to talk to physicians about recognizing vaccine so, injury. So, Judy, Doctor Judy, I'm going to have to interrupt you. We have to end the show, actually. Um, but is there any way that anybody can get a hold of you in case they have more? questions about this uh sure we're at we're at marconsultinginc.com um and it's uh, or plaguethebook.com in, okay. in the book is a way to contact me right in the disclaimer it takes you directly to plaguethebook.com and it's pretty easy to find me on the internet okay thank you so much for joining us today this was a really interesting show and I'm, I'm glad we have this conversation to understand this more um, we're going to um, be talking about GMOs and Roundup next week so I'm glad we brought that up so if anybody wants to know more tune in next week and uh, we'll be talking about that and you can link the two together if you have any questions about this show I'm at anantacalgary at gmail.com make today a great day Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.